I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And today we are talking about The Fellowship of the Ring, chapters 4 and 5. A Conspiracy Unmasked and... And The Old Forest. Okay, good. Did you read the correct chapters, Chase? No, yeah, yeah. Was <laughs> there you, just mostly walking? Did you follow the syllabus? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, Katie, any fun on this day facts? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so today in Middle Earth. Today in Middle Earth is September 24th. And uh, actually not too much happens actually on September 24th, just... The hobbits are crossing the Shire, uh, which well, is... Well, and we just missed Frodo well, exactly. and Bob's birthday. That's the thing. So, you know, actually, you know, September 24th is kind of what we're going to be discussing today. But uh, two days ago was uh, Bilbo and Frodo's birthday. So happy birthday to them. Or as I like to call them, Frilbo. Frobo. <laughs> Frilbo. Frilbo. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like some kind of a weird toy or a hair accessory. Uh, it's yeah, it, it makes me think of a Furby, which is in, incredibly terrifying. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, so September twenty second is an important day. Uh, a lot of fans call it Hobbit Day because it is Bilbo and Frodo's birthday, and then the week that that occurs in is often called Tolkien Week, and oftentimes people will celebrate uh, in a way that is customary. Surely there are drinks and food and toasts being given. Um, so you're telling me, does it does it snow food? Yeah, it rains it or rain snows drinks? food and rain drink exactly. Yes. Good. So so uh, yeah, the 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 week that this is going to be released is going to be Tolkien Week and slash the the week of Hobbit Day. So what will you be doing to celebrate? Surely, uh, I will have already had a nice pint of ale and a meal fit for a hobbit and possibly <laughs> See, like, possibly have given a toast but probably not have disappeared probably i feel like for for your the sabo family it's like a national holiday <laughs> it's like christmas and new year's all, like that's your new year's right <laughs> we, we whereas when tolkien born is his birthday yeah. Your New Year's. Okay. January. Well, I mean, his I birthday mean, is January third. Janu- so January third. It's, I mean, it's pretty. It's close. Mostly everybody's New Year's. But yeah, be too far off. We we do tend to make make a note of celebrating uh, accordingly on certain important dates in Middle Earth. <laughs> so if anybody out there is doing anything special to celebrate, go ahead and tweet us a picture at Talking Tolkien. Mm-hmm. Uh, email it to us at the Professor at Talking Tolkien or post it on our Facebook. Yeah. Are you having uh, an extravagant meal? Are you going the day without shoes? I've heard some Make people sure do that. Make sure it's a safe for work <laughs> celebration. Oh, I can never go the day without shoes. I don't shoes. want to see any buddies hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> at which point Katie has to spit her drink out. I didn't mean for that to be that funny. All I'm, right. <laughs> I'm sipping warm tea and, and consuming many cough drops. So Katie is, is ill today, so we're actually recording this podcast via Palantir. It's the illest <laughs> podcast. We have we, we have two Palantirs. We're on, yeah, we're on the Palantir network, and uh, I think it's working pretty well so far. <laughs> I mean, actually, the microphones we use look kind of like palantir They totally do. They're, they're, they're the lost seeing stones, and we have found them. <laughs> All right. So anyway, when we last left our merry band of hobbits, uh, Mr. Scary Mushroom Dude... Farmer Maggot. Maggot? Thank you. He was that scary. <laughs> was was escorting uh, our our trio to Buckleberry Ferry. But when they get there, they hear clop, 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 and they're terrified. And they see kind of a hooded figure emerge mm-hmm. out of the fog. Because previously, there has been uh, at least two, if not more, black riders in hot pursuit of our hobbit friends. And the big reveal is that it was Mary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
It was Mary the whole time. <laughs> that would be uh, an incredibly different book if it was just like Mary pranking Frodo <laughs> oh, the, whole the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, that could fit within canon. So we get a little description of this part of the Shire called Buckland. Um, it's not really important. What we need to know is that they get on the ferry and it kind of slowly moves across the water. And then, I love this bit, the four hobbits stepped off the ferry. Mary was tying it up and Pippin was already leading the pony up the path when Sam, who had been looking back as if to take a farewell of the Shire, said in a hoarse whisper, Look back, Mr. Frodo, do you see anything? On the far stage, under the distant lamps, they could just make out a figure. It looked like a dark black bundle left behind. But as they looked, it seemed to move and sway this way and that as if searching the ground. It then crawled or went crouching back into the gloom beyond the lamps. Sniffing at the ground. That's it's, the exact it's not a truffle noise. Pig. That's the exact. That's, that's it, it is a truffle pig. It's a truffle it's like, pig. I just liked, yeah, and searching for the mushrooms that he has. Yeah. He's got mushrooms. <laughs> I just liked that that description. Dark black bundle. Mm-hmm. Dark black bundle. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just It's back to that whole, like, every single time we see one of these dudes, the description is slightly different. Well, and so to go back to the fact that we made a whole lot of Mass Effect references in the first part of this podcast, yeah. this actually reminds me, Chase, of the way that the Geth ghosts would, like, crawl along the ground. Like, that's what I kind of visualize. Well, yeah, I don't know if Katie gets that one. I mean, Katie, I, need to... I can I can envision that in my mind's eye. Katie, you need to play the Mass Effect trilogy. Okay. Yeah. I've been, yeah. I've been told this. Uh, perhaps one day I will. I mean, you would actually probably enjoy I probably it. But anyway, would, let's yeah. not let's not digress. You're very much inspired off of Tolkien. <laughs> so they they get to Frodo's new house, and uh, Mary draws them not one but three baths. Yeah, it's it's all, all it's all very you know happy hobbits back in their sort of niche uh, because we're gonna yeah food. we're gonna eat food. We're gonna take baths together. It's gonna be we're comfortable. Gonna these, we're gonna drink. And tell dark stories. Because hobbits apparently have songs for everything. They have a bath song and Pippin is singing. And then there was a terrific splash and shot of whoa from Frodo. I love that it appeared, bit. It appeared that a lot of Pippin's bath had imitated a fountain and leaped on high. I love that bit. It's also, you know, charming and upbeat. And again, just brings us back into the world of hobbits, you know. Uh, yeah. And especially because they're, they're so relieved to be there at that moment because... You know, again, they've only been out on this little quote-unquote adventure for two days, but they're they're ready for some for some bath time and for some drink and some food. <laughs> well, and again, it's it's everything is like the Hobbit being repeated, but it's taking so much longer because it's again another realization of for me, we're still in the Shire, aren't we? Uh, I'd look at a map and go, oh yeah, we're still in the Shire. We're in Buckland, which is like the far east part of the Shire. We're at the we're at the furthest end of it, but we're still yeah. technically kind of. Well, in it. so a lot of a lot of hobbits would consider the Shire, or the Brandywine River, the end of the Shire. Yeah, yeah. And um, Buckland is on the eastern shore of that, and it's surrounded by a high hedge. And remember, that's kind of cultivated as a wall. Remember that we're also told that Bucklanders are 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 very queer to the hobbits from Hobbiton, of course, mm-hmm. because remember they like to use boats and they like to swim, which is such a strange thing. Uh, and yeah, they are kind of their Action own hobbits. Remember, so we were given this nice little uh, introduction to the history of Buckland, and it is kind of considered its own independent little uh, country almost that even has its own little leader that's completely separate from the rest of the four farthings of the Shire. Well, that's also, I mean, we're back to uh, these, these crazy descriptions of 
geography and villages that are way more. I mean, I, my point is, is like I'm looking at John's edition here, and we're at page like 100 to 101 right now, mm-hmm. and we're like, I, I feel like that's we're like, already a tenth of the way through the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Well, and also we're like halfway through what would have been if this was translated to the Hobbit. We're like almost halfway through the Hobbit. And they've not left the shower yet. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's much, it's more, much more expansive story. Much more expansive. Much more vast. So anyway, they have dinner, and the title of the chapter is A Conspiracy Unmasked. And as it turns out, what the conspiracy is, is that all of the other hobbits have been conspiring to figure out just what Frodo is up to. Which I love that little twist because upon reading that chapter, many people would think that it's actually the conspiracy is like Frodo's the Black Rider. Yeah, the, the Black Rider. Uh, I I sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's kind of nice that it's flipped on its head, and you know Frodo is kind of fretting the whole time. You know he's having this nice time with his friends, but the whole time he's he's thinking, man, I wish that they hadn't gone to all this work to make Crick Hollow so nice and homey for me. Because I'm going to have to because eject here pretty soon. I'm leaving tomorrow. And on top of that, I have to say goodbye to my friends. And, you know, he's, he doesn't know how to do this. And so finally they finish dinner. And then Mary's like, well, let's go have a chat by the fire. And, uh, hey, Mr. Frodo, when were you going to tell us about your plan? <laughs> uh, uh, what? What ring? What? What thing? <laughs> yeah. One of them also talks about how the they knew about the ring. and Which one was it? Was it Mary it or was, was it Pippin? It was Mary. Yeah. It talks about like because how he's... Mary had read Bilbo's book. Yeah, little yes. snippets from it, just just little bits he had he had seen, and he had also he... seen yeah Bilbo use it once because he was trying to avoid the the Shackville Bobbikins. Wait, what were they calling <laughs> the, the Sackville Baggins? Sorry, Sackville Baggins. Yeah, yes, he saw Bilbo hide from the Sackville Bagginses by putting a ring on because he didn't like it, so he put a ring on it. Oh, okay. Did, did you? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so. And well, I love this bit. I put this in my notes. They're they're like, we've already prepared. We're gonna go with you. We know what you have to do. And Frodo's mad at Sam for eavesdropping more than rather than pretending to sleep. Right. And while could, pretending to sleep. Well, because also that was the thing. Mary told them that Sam was actually their like chief investigator to yeah. kind of spy on Mr. Frodo and get more information about his plans because oh I was gonna say I like this line my dear and most beloved hobbit said Frodo deeply moved but I could not allow it I decided that long ago you speak of danger but do you, you do not understand this is no treasure hunt no there and back journey yeah yeah but um that was that's that's one of those moments that like really hits you in the feels uh because it's Tolkien has this great intertextuality that we, I mean, we've seen it, and you know, Chase, you've referred to it quite often. Uh, so thus far on their journey, it's like you can totally see shadows back to Mister Bilbo's journey, and because Frodo does himself too. So yeah. Mm. Okay, here's the bit about the Sackville Bagginses because I love this. It was the Sackville Bagginses that were his downfall, as you might expect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because we all know those 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 dreaded Sackville Bagginses. They're up to no good. Even their narrator is just like, Bleh, about the Sackville Baggins. It's like, you, you get it. These people suck. <laughs> we don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> so they go to bed, and Frodo's like, okay, we have to set out in the morning, and I don't want to take any roads. And the next thing we know, Frodo's being shaken awake, and he's like, you're sleeping in again. What time is it? Uh, uh. And everybody else is ready and packed, and so they have a breakfast, and then they go at around 6 and they start, they pick up their ponies and they sing a, uh, 
a song which was modeled after the the lonely or the, the misty, misty mountain, mountain song. song yeah which is lovely <laughs> yeah or the dwarves singing or the the hobbits singing baritone i don't feel like they could hit baritone <laughs> yeah, I feel like hobbits would be could, but... hobbits could maybe be altos. So they wander through a couple of people's uh, fields, and then they get to the hedge that encircles Buckland. And I thought this is pretty cool. There's like a uh, a dip. It like the the land starts to dip, and there's kind of a retaining wall made of bricks. And then where the dip is the deepest, the retaining wall like turns into a tunnel, mm-hmm. and it's under the hedge. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a little lock and key and they go through the gate and at this point fatty bulger leaves them and he has decided to wear frodo's clothes and walk around the house to to give the impression that frodo was still there because we have to we have to perpetuate this myth again so that people don't find out the truth that frodo has left the shire and then there's this very ominous note if only fatty knew how dangerous that would be Uh uh-huh well yeah well (laughs) there are i feel like there Sorry. Are, there are literally black riders who know that Frodo is supposedly living at Crickhollow now. So, yeah, that's that's a very important task to undertake. But he's also there to uh, send word to Gandalf should Gandalf show up. I feel like a name uh, with a name like Fatty Blog. I mean, Fatty <laughs> Blogger. My bad. Sounds like a restaurant <laughs> review website. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to stick with it. With a name like Fatty, I feel like you're you're going to be the type of person who means well forever, but has no sense of perspective when it comes to, like, danger or anything like that. That's just me saying, poor person saying Fatty. <laughs> also, this area is still inhabited by hobbits, right? We were just talking about that, so. Yeah. No, they're in the old forest now. They're, well, so not this area. They're just on the edge. Just on the edge yeah. of it. And so the old forest um, is kind of a a topic of uh, mystery for them. And, you know, they've heard stories about it, especially Pippin. uh, And he asks, you know, Mary is somewhat familiar with it. Mary has actually gone into the old forest before um, and lived to tell the tale, uh, only in sunlight, though, really. And he said, you know, no, Pippin, whatever stories you've heard of goblins and whatnot in the forest, that's that's not true. Uh, However, the forest uh, uh, is queer he says everything in it is very much more alive more aware of what is going on so to speak than things are in the shire and the trees do not like strangers so there we go those trees move around and do weird stuff well so then he talks about how the trees conspired to fight buckland and so they went right up to the hedge and planted a bunch of new trees so the hobbits then came and chopped down all those new trees and had a giant bonfire like right in view of the trees and so they need to find the bonfire clearing. Hey, that part that part was kind of messed up, yeah. I have to be honest. Like, that was a moment where I was like, I'm having to rethink this whole, like, hobbits being pretty nice thing. It, it, yeah. does, so it does seem like a very, a rather unhobbitish uh, it was pretty malicious. thing to do. However, it was also, you know, the trees were being pretty malicious as well. They they were planning to basically attack people. So It's like a bunch of chickens had more chickens <laughs> and managed to, like, put those chickens up in front of my door and then I strangled those chickens and then ate them in front of the other chickens. Right? Chicken for days. I, okay. Is that a good, that's a good example? All right, we're going to move on. You can All right. Go with that. So anyway, uh, they get to the clearing and then, then they follow the path through them the other side. And the forest is kind of creepy and dark. And it's a lot like uh, Bilbo's experience in Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as long, thankfully. But didn't Bilbo go through this area? No, Bilbo not, not, not through the old forest. Oh no. right, because he went. Bilbo further. took roads. Remember? Yeah, he wasn't, that's right. 
So anyway, then they see like a little hill that doesn't have anything on it. So they go on top of the hill and they see the forest out in front of them. And Mary points out a river that they can see. Uh, that is the line of the Withy Windle. It comes down out of the downs and flows southwest through the middle of the forest to join the Brandywine below Hastened. We don't want to go that way. The Withy Windle Valley is said to be the queerest part of the whole wood, the center from which all queerness comes, as it were. I love that. So I decided I'm going to open a gay bar and call it the Withy Windle. It's a great name. I'm going to call a dog that. Like a whippet. You could Withy do that. Withy Wimble Whippet. But as it turns out, uh, so they, they decide clearly, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to steer clear from that. But of course, this old forest has its own ideas and basically messes with them. And well, at one point, they, they diverge from the path and they're like, we're going north. Yeah. But then they got caught in some brambles that they could only turn right out of, not yeah. left. Yeah, exactly. So they keep getting turned, steered away from the direction they want to go. And eventually... Uh, you know, things that it's getting really dark and it's it's very close in the forest and uh, very hot and it's completely unbearable. And they start to feel drowsy. And finally, they come to this area with uh, what's described as like a, a brown river uh, that's <laughs> sort of lined with ancient willows. And it's at this point when they decide, absolutely, we can't go any further and Mary and Pippin kind of plop down and fall asleep. Go to with, sleep. Yeah, fall asleep with their backs against this giant like, willow no, tree. And Fro- no, we can't sleep. Yeah, and Frodo's trying. Frodo's trying to fight off the sleep, but and he thinks, well, maybe if I go dip my feet in this water, it will help. And he dips his feet in the cool water, and it helps a little. Sam doesn't trust these trees at all, and he goes off to try and find the ponies who have sort of wandered away. Like ponies do. Like ponies do. And then he hears, like, a splash and a crack. And 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 I bet, I guess, Miriam and Pippin make sounds, too. It was Miriam and Pippin, right? Yeah. So, no. Well, he hear, all he hears is the splash and the crack. Oh, right. And yeah, the crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he goes back, and he finds that Frodo has, like, fallen off the branch, and he's in the river, and the branch is now kind of holding him down in the river. Oh, and, and, yeah. yeah okay. And, and yeah. Frodo says that the tree threw him in the river, and Sam's like, that can't have been true, Mr. Frodo. You just fell asleep or something. And then they realize, where are Merry and Pippin? Pippin is completely... The place where Pippin was, he's, he's not there. He has vanished. Merry, meanwhile, is, like, half sticking out of the roots of this gigantic willow and it's completely trapped. Yeah. Like a teleportation accident. Well, okay, so uh, he saw Mary's feet still sticking out. The rest had already been drawn further inside. That's so great that they just, like, the tree just went... His little hobbit feet just kicking out of those roots. This is a very silly situation. So at first they try and build a fire. Well, first they try and, and, like, beat the tree. Just They're just, like, punching it. And then there, and then Sam's like, "Why don't we have a hatchet?" Or, or Frodo's like, "Why don't we have a hatchet?" And Sam is like, "Well, we could try fire." And uh, so he grabs some tinder boxes, and they grab some dry brush, and they start to building a fire. And then they hear Mary's voice from inside the tree, and he's saying, "No, no, stop! That he will squeeze me." And it says, "He says stop." And they're like, "Who says stop?" I did. It was clearly the, the tree, tree said stop. No. So Frodo, Frodo in his panic, starts like running up the path, screaming for help, and then he thinks he hears an answer, but it's from behind him, further back the path. And then the weirdest thing, the weirdest of the book thing, so far the weirdest thing, and we hear this 
uh, this uh, singing voice come out of the wood and it's a song and it's described as a deep glad voice was singing carelessly and happily and it was singing nonsense and here we are introduced to a very special character a character that i didn't know existed in this book or just existed mothra i yeah <laughs> mothra shows up Spin, you know, shoots her spindly little things, then twins on her back, starts singing to the Eldritch Gods. Yeah. We, we encounter a character that, I have to be honest, for a while, I thought you two were, like, not making up this character, but it was an aspect of, like, folklore in Middle-earth that I somehow missed in the Silmarillion or something. Basically, it was like, I'm reading this book, and this character shows up, and it says, and it's Tom Bombadil, and I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. What? You've never heard of this what? guy. No, I, I, okay, I shouldn't have, I have, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was in this book. <laughs> yeah, so Tom Bombadil is a curious figure, and we will have to spend an entirely special episode just talking about Tom Bombadil sometime. But, I think that's going to come up. Yeah, we're introduced to him in this way, and it's it's just, he's great, you know? He's just this he's weird. sort of carefree and sing-songy and kind of really happy dude. Uh, and he sings, and he he sings complete nonsense, but it's all it all actually does make <laughs> yeah. sense, and it and it and he, he always rhymes, and he's just very cheerful and chipper. And so Frodo is like, "Help, help! My friends are stuck in the tree." And he's like, "Oh, old man Willow, that dastardly." Exactly. Boy. That's exactly the tone. The That's exactly the tone that Tom Bombadil has. Like, oh, old man Willow's up to it again, trapping living pe- people uh, in his roots. I will get that old tree. <laughs> Sam's like, we can't trust this guy. He's crazy. And he just basically starts singing to the tree. Setting down his lilies carefully on the grass, he ran to the tree. There, he saw Mary's feet still sticking out. The rest had already been drawn further inside. Tom put his mouth to the crack and began singing into it in a low voice. They could not catch the words, but evidently Mary was aroused. His legs be- I know, I know. <laughs> no, I think of something else. Sorry. No, if you look at my note, I literally said hot. That hot. Because, okay, I just have to excise this sentence. Children. Tom put, his, Tom put his mouth to the crack and began singing into it in a low voice. They could not catch the words, but evidently Mary was aroused. Children. <laughs> Children. So anyway, they let they let Mary out, and then uh, Tom goes back to scolding him, and like there's a tearing crack, and the other crack split open, and out of it, Pippin sprang as if he had been kicked. Then with a loud snap, both cracks closed fast again. A shudder ran through the tree from root to tip, and complete silence fell. And the tree got up out of the ground and started running out through. It's going, whoop, 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 whoop. This is not. <laughs> no. The tree is not Zoidberg. Zoid tree. You read a different book, sir. Uh, so, yeah. Tom Bombadil then basically, you know, the, 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 the hobbits thank him. And Tom Bombadil immediately is like, come to my home. And then he kind of runs, skipping away, sing, singing a song. And, you know, just disappears they, down the trail. They, and they quickly lose sight of him, but yeah. they're just, like, following the song and the path. Yeah. Once again, it, it you know, it starts to get... The, the, the forest almost pulls them back in. It's starting to get more difficult again. And just when they're at the brink of, like, again having this issue of 
perhaps being lulled to sleep or whatnot, they come suddenly to the, at the edge of the forest, and there is Tom Bombadil's house. And they see the, the windows, and then the door opens, and this, like, sliver of light comes out and, like, points the way. And they hear, again, this invitation by song, and then they're greeted by another voice, uh, which, of course, is uh, the voice of Goldberry, who we will meet soon. And uh, it's another voice. I love the description of her voice. As young and as ancient as spring, like the song of a glad water flowing down into the night from a bright morning in the hills came falling like silver to meet them, which is so fitting because she is also called River Daughter. So That's pleasant. It's, isn't it great? It's, it's so yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, it's Tolkien's pleasant language again. Yeah, and that whole language, that whole description sounds like flowing water to me. Which is I I just master. Hey, flowing water is important. It is. We know flowing water is important. So and remember, there was actually we I, we kind of skipped over this, but there was uh, so Frodo in the last chapter. Frodo has this this dream that he he sees. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's right. There he was sees a like a, a white tower, and uh, he wants to climb it, and he wants to see oh, what's past it. He can smell it. the ocean. He can smell the ocean, and he's never and seen it. the sea. But yeah, he's all, he he's never seen it actually in life. But he always has sort of felt called by it, and that's really important because what what do we remember about the sea from way way the, the back? The voices of the Maya in there, yeah. Or the voices of Iluvatar, mm-hmm. or was it Maya? It's the remnant of the song of Iluvatar is in the sea, so that's a really nice kind of touch there. It takes me back to December when I first read the Silmarillion. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, now we're we're at Tom Bombadil's house, and the, the hobbits once again have an inviting, nice place to to stay after a somewhat harrowing encounter with... And more references of great Middle-earth food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like something about butter and white bread. Yeah. Okay, the white bread was kind of... Like but butter. Honey, yeah, honey and, and really good bread and, and yeah, butter. Uh, yellow cream. Yeah, yellow, yellow cream. Cr- mm-hmm. Which is that, I... Like cust- is that custard? I don't know. Perhaps. That's like a reference to custard. Could, could, could be, yeah, could be. It's kind of reminded of um, Bayorn's house. Yeah. For some reason, the beginning of er, in, in the Hobbit. I imagine it's a lot smaller though, mm-hmm. and more random. Chicken. I thought for a minute. I swear to God, I thought for a minute it was gonna be Radagast the Brown. <laughs> and y'all have been messing with me this entire time, but no, it was Tom Bombadil, which even was weirder. Had yeah. no expectation. Yeah, this is yeah, yeah. So Tom Bombadil, yeah. Again, he's described. You know, we we get a description of him. You know, he has he has a beard and he has sort of like twinkly eyes and he just hops around and sings. And seems just totally carefree uh, that we've seen of him thus far. And yeah, we, we only really get him in The Lord of the Rings for a few chapters. There is, of course, more on Tom Bombadil, but it, it would be, I'll be interested to see uh, what you think, what else you think about Tom Bombadil the more we read about him. Because he's a cool character. My favorite part was just that bit I read at the beginning where they described the Black Rider just like a bundle. Like, I think it's just a nice kind of way to kind of get along that it's not really a body as much of just kind of this this cloak that's kind of like this dark yes. this whatever that was yeah dark entity of some sort yeah it's like a spirit that's puppeting a cloak <laughs> so katie what are your five favorite parts <laughs> i actually i didn't cheat this time guys i picked one favorite part from this section i you was didn't good cheat because there's no gandalf in this section. <laughs> Well, okay, so this was something that happens at the the dinner at Crick Hollow where all of the hobbits are gathered together and uh, Merry and Pippin 
say, well, we're coming with you, Mr. Frodo. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. And Frodo is kind of like, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't ask that of you, my dear hobbits, such admirable people. And Mary has this great sort of discourse on trust and friendship that I really love. And I want to read it because it's, it's absolutely beautiful. So uh, Frodo is kind of jokingly saying that he doesn't think he can trust anyone since, you know, Mary and Pippin had, had this conspiry to uh, follow him and fi find out his plan. So Mary replies, It all depends on what you want, put in Mary. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin to the bitter end, and you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. Anyway, there it is. We must know, uh, or we know most of what Gandalf has told you. We know a good deal about the ring. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you or following you like hounds. Again, this just shows exactly what Gandalf sees in Hobbits, that they're truly extraordinary. They, they may not know quite the extent of what they're signing up for, but, but they do know it's dangerous. But the theme of this book being more about friendship yeah. than the Hobbit was. Yeah. I mean, the Hobbit was more of like growth and and, and growth within a character, whereas I feel like this one's more about camaraderie. Mm -hmm. Even though there was aspects of that in the Hobbit, I feel like it's going to be even more so in this book. Oh, ab mm. absolutely. And it's we just get these great moments and and this this absolutely wonderful discourse on what friends are and. You know, may, maybe most of us in our lives don't necessarily have to follow our friends uh, into, you know, life and death situations, <laughs> but <laughs> we, we understand that sentiment. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did drive with you on a very, very blizzardy road between Santa Fe and Albuquerque with that's, no Excelsior. That, that's true, and we did not die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I was about to ask y'all. I have a mission I need to take and need y'all to help me take out ISIS. Are you guys okay. not good for that? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially given what they're doing to antiquities. I'm yeah. so down for that. We will follow you to the ends of the earth. <laughs> My favorite part was the moment I realized that Tom Bombadil was an actual character <laughs> in this story. Because I was, I was like, oh, wow. All right. Did not expect that one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh and how this character was like teased for me in this chapter. And then I imagine in the next chapter, I'm going to get a whole lot more Tom Bombadil. Mm -hmm. I mean, the title of the next chapter is just on Tom Bombadil, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Concerning uh, Tom Bombadil. Tom, Tom Bombadil's house. Is that right? In the house of Tom Bombadil. In the house Bombadil. of Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Even better. So yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to hear some more from Mr. Tom. So yeah, here we are. Another somewhat comfortable stay for our hobbits on their yeah that is i mean they in the last chapter or we ended up they keep getting they get to nicer places faster than bilbo did well and remember this has only been one day yeah these two chapters and they're oh. and they're still That's really right. not that they're far still, from comfort you know they're yeah. they're outside the shire now but they're but they're still you know they're still not in the wild <laughs> it's getting it far in in between yeah. Well, a little bit of an abbreviated episode, but we are recording uh, remotely, and it was kind of an uneventful chapter, so mm -hmm. I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. Trees ate hobbits. That was weird. That's <laughs> about it. So, uh, we'll see you next week. I'm John. I'm Katie. I'm Tom Bombadil. <laughs> All right, Tom Bombadil. Thanks for listening, guys.
Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.